chapter 10, and we're going to be in verse number 13. I cannot fathom that we could have had a more appropriate passage of Scripture for us to look at today as we're thinking about reaching children around the world for Christ and as we're thinking about trying to reach children here at home uh, with our own Sunday school program. Then Mark chapter 10, verse 13. So let's read, and we'll pray, and we'll preach, and we'll be done. Then they brought little children to him, that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased, and said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. Precious God, we pray for your help now as we look at your word. I pray for the filling of the Holy Spirit upon myself, that, Lord, I'd uh, have clarity of thought and and, uh, be able to to preach exactly what you once, once said today. Protect me from saying anything I ought not, but give me the boldness to say whatever I should. I pray for the filling of the Holy Spirit on all of us, that we might be hearers of your word today, that we might respond to it, and not just receive it like a sponge, but, Lord, just receive it, that we might uh, implement it in our lives and be changed by it. So help us today. We do pray for these ministries. We pray for Operation Christmas Child and all the things related to that. And I pray, Lord, that the excitement would start today and just build and build and build. I pray pray for our Sunday school as we start it back up in September, which is not that far away. And I pray the same for that, that, Lord, we would see... Lives changed and uh, improved in better program there. Uh, well, we just pray for good things. And now we pray that you'd bless this message. We give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. John Wesley was one of the founders of the Methodist Church. He had a father named Samuel, who was a dedicated pastor. But uh, unfortunately, Samuel Wesley had some folks in his parish who didn't like him. And on February 9th, 1709... A fire broke out in his parish, uh, in his rectory, and it was possibly set by one of his enemies. We, we don't know. The history doesn't tell us who it was, but that was the theory. One of his enemies had tried to burn him out. And one of his sons, young John, who was not yet six years old, was stranded on an upper floor of that building. Two neighbors rescued John just seconds before the roof crashed in. One neighbor stood on the shoulders of another neighbor plucked him out through the window and saved his life. John Wesley, from that time on, often referred to himself as a brand plucked out of the fire. And, of course, he was quoting from Zechariah and from Amos when he said things like that. But in later years, he often noted February 9th in his journal and gave thanks to God for his mercy. And only eternity will tell how many people are in heaven because of those folks plucking him out of that fire when he was child. Our text today speaks of children. It speaks of bringing them to Jesus, and it speaks of reaching them for Jesus. It reminds us of the fleeting opportunity that we have to win children to Jesus, and of the great opportunity that is ours to pluck them from the fire before it is too late. So let's notice just a few things this morning from this passage. I believe Jesus teaches us here that we ought not to keep children from Christ. Don't keep children from Christ. They brought little children to him that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them. 
Here we see once again something we've seen many times in the ministry of Jesus and will continue to see, and that is people coming to Jesus or bringing others to Jesus. In this case, they very specifically were bringing children to him, seeking his blessing and his touch on their little ones. In verse number 13, there's a, a phrase there, little children, which is a Greek word which has a, it's kind of a general word. It means any, any child from the age of infancy up through like preteens. It's kind of a general word for children. Uh, of all ages. Matthew's account of this particular story uses that same word. Luke's account uses a different word, a more specific word, which is uh, referring to infants and very young children. But if you take all three Gospels together, the, the, the thought is it's children of all ages who are being brought to Jesus on this day. The crowd that day contained children from infancy up to near adulthood. So think about that. What a picture it must have been. All these children crowding around. We recently completed what I think was one of our most exciting and enjoyable and fruitful vacation Bible schools that we've ever had. Each evening was just pulsating in this place with the exuberance that only crazy young children who are hearing about and singing about and learning about Jesus can display. We know of three young souls who came to Christ during that week. And the fruit from that effort may not be fully known, will not be fully known until we get to glory. Imagine the joy of walking the streets of heaven, looking around, taking in all the sights, and somebody comes up and grabs you by the shoulders and just shakes you and says, Thank you for Vacation Bible School 2017. I sang about Jesus. I heard about Jesus. I learned about Jesus. I accepted Jesus as my Savior. Because of Vacation Bible School 2017, I am here today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Can you imagine that? Scripture says there will be no tears in heaven. Revelation tells us that. But it's talking there about tears of sorrow and tears of sadness and tears of regret and tears of pain. I think there will be plenty of tears of joy when that sort of thing occurs because of children coming to Christ. But imagine, if you could for a moment, if a parent had brought a child to Vacation Bible School 2017 and a member of our safety and security team had met them at the door. Imagine if they had said to them, we did have a safety and security team here every night, protecting and trying to make sure everything was safe for all of the kids. But what if they had met them at the door and said, sorry, you can't come in here. Take your children home. They're not allowed in here. And see, that's what happened in this passage, astonishing as it may seem. That's what happened in this passage. The disciples were turning away people at the door. And they were not only turning them away, but they were being snarky about it. They were turning them away and rebuking them for having the nerve to bring their children to Jesus. Now, I don't know why. We read some of these things about the disciples, and I think that sometimes the Holy Spirit has just given us these things to remind us that they were just people. They were just men. They were just as frail and flawed as any of us are. But we read these things and we go, what? How can can that be? What were they possibly thinking? Had they already forgotten his words from just a short while earlier? You could go back in chapter 9. You can read verses 36 and 37, and you can see where he set a child amongst them and, and, and elevated the role of children. Perhaps they were still struggling with the mindset they demonstrated there in chapter 9 and verse 38 when they basically were saying, they're not of us. And so we told them, no, they can't witness. You know, there's us four, no more stuff that they were struggling. Maybe all that was still in them. I don't know. We could maybe give them the benefit of the doubt and put a positive spin on it and say, well, maybe they thought Jesus' time was just too valuable, and they were actually trying to protect him 
I suppose that's probably the most likely explanation. But then that would ignore the fact that they ought to have known that Jesus never said no to anybody. Jesus never turned anybody away. Jesus was always there to serve, no matter what was going on. Even the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. They ought to have known that. You see, no matter what kind of a spin we put on their actions, it just seems wrong, doesn't it? They turned them away. How could they turn children away from Jesus? And what did Jesus think about that? What was his reaction to it? Verse number 14 says he was greatly displeased. You might want to circle that in your Bible or draw an arrow to it or something, put a little star by it. Greatly displeased. It's a word that is much stronger in the Greek than we've got it there in our English. Greatly displeased just really doesn't cut it. The word means he was indignant, he was angry. It's a very strong word that's only used in Mark's account of this event. It it doesn't mean Jesus was just bothered by it. It indicates he was hopping mad. He was incensed. He was offended, and he was irate. That's what that word means. As Hughes describes, the Greek word translated indignant in some translations or greatly displeased here in our New King James occurs only here, and it's a combination of two words. It means much and to grieve. He was much grieved. And no matter how you want to translate that, it means Jesus was really bothered by this. This really, really was an important issue to Jesus and upset him. And as I thought about this, as I was studying this, I thought, you know, I wonder what other things made Jesus mad. Well, that might be an interesting study, and I would commend it to you. It is an interesting study to go off. I just I spent about five minutes at it. I didn't spend a whole lot of time. I just grabbed a concordance and, and looked up some things that made Jesus mad. And I came across some. I saw that he was angry at the cleansing of the temple, and I suppose that's the first one that would come to all of our minds when he saw the mockery that was being made of the worship of God. You go to Mark chapter 3, and we see that he was angry at the hypocrisy of the Pharisees who pretended to be religious but didn't care one bit about the needs of other people. When he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts. Mark chapter 3 and verse number 5. In Matthew chapter 18, he told a parable about a servant who had been forgiven much but then turned around and refused to give others. Remember that, the parable of the unforgiving servant? In that parable, the master who represented Jesus was angry at such an unforgiving spirit, and his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him, Matthew 18.34. He told another parable about inviting people to his supper. Remember that parable, Luke chapter 14? People refused his invitation. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. And then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And there might be others. Certainly this is one right here in our text. Jesus was angry. He was very angry. He was irate. He was hopping mad when children were kept back from him. When Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased. And said to them, let the little children come to me. You want to make Jesus mad? There's all kinds of ways to do it right there. You want to make him mad? Just don't take worship seriously. That's one thing the Bible says. You want to make him mad? Care more about yourself and your hypocrisy than about the real needs of those for the gospel and for for the things that Christ can provide. You want to make Christ mad? Just refuse the invitation he extends to you. Take his invitation and toss it on the ground. 
makes him mad. You want to make him mad? Do anything to hinder children from coming to Christ. See, he provided a twofold command here. It's both positive and negative. He basically said, start allowing them to come and stop preventing them from coming. Twofold command. And that's a word for all of us who have influence over or care for children. It's a word for every parent in the place who for any reason doesn't bring their children to Jesus. Start allowing them to come. Stop preventing them from coming. It's a word for any church that does less than all it can to bring children to Christ. Start allowing them. Stop preventing it. Why do we have all this emphasis on Operation Christmas Child? Why do we care about Sunday school? Why this sincere attempt by the elders and others uh, to, to, to rework our Sunday school so parents will come and bring children with them? It's because of this passage. They brought little children to him that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. And when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said, Let the little children come to me. We must not keep the little ones from Christ. We dare not. Anger him in so doing. We must do everything we can to bring them to him. But perhaps you're of the number, and there are many of the number, that believe that you should wait until your children are older, that you should let them make their own minds up. After all, you say a little child is not able to understand the truths of the gospel. Everybody knows that. Everybody except Jesus, that is. Look at what Jesus said here. He said exactly the opposite thing. And this brings me to point number two. Jesus taught here that children have the capacity to believe. They have the capacity to believe. Look at verse number 14 again. Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. We not only learn from Jesus' words here that he loved children, and obviously that was the case but also that he affirmed their capacity for spiritual discernment, for learning, and for decision. One man said, we note here that Christ affirms and proclaims the spiritual capacity of children. If there was ever a text relevant to child evangelism, this is it. Children can authentically come to Christ early on. Let the little children come to me. Don't forbid them, for if such is the kingdom of God. Children, even very young children, can come to Christ. They can trust Christ. This is what Jesus taught here. It's also what experience shows us even today. We just had three young young children trust Christ during vacation Bible school this summer. Many in this room, if I were to ask, would probably raise their hands and say that they were saved as a young child. I was saved in this place right about there when I was 12 years old. I recall when my son Joshua, we were driving home from some event. I don't remember what the event was. I think we were sitting in a Walmart parking lot, if I recall. And uh, we heard him crying in the back seat. And Beth turned around to look at him and said, what's the matter? And he said, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven, be with Jesus. And, of course, everything stopped. And we turned around and Beth talked to him for a while and we prayed with him. and He prayed. As far as I know, that's still the time that Joshua holds to is the time he trusted Christ as his Savior. He was four, four years old. Children can Understand. Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them. 
for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus commands that we bring them. He informs us that children can understand and should be told and taught. And our experience adds even more confirmation on top of all that. But there's also the negative side of that, because we know for also from our experience and from statistics and from every evidence that can be presented to us that if people do not accept Christ as a child, the likelihood that they're going to accept him any other time just goes down and down. And down. One set of statistics I found indicated that 19 out of 20 people who became Christians did so before the age of 25. At age 25, 1 in 10,000 will become believers. At 35, 1 in 50,000. At 45, 1 in 200,000. At 55, 1 in 300,000. And at 75, 1 in 700,000. Let the little children come unto me, Jesus said. For do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said, I will say broadly that I have more confidence in the spiritual life of the children that I have received into this church than I have in the spiritual conditions of the adults thus received. I will go even further than that and say that I have usually found a clearer knowledge of the gospel and a warmer love to child in the child converts than in the man converts. I will even astonish you still more by saying that I have sometimes met with a deeper spiritual experience in children of 10 and 12 than I have in certain persons of 50 and 60, let the little children come to me. Do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. J.C. Ryle said, we must never allow ourselves to suppose that little children's souls may be safely let alone. Their characters for life depend exceedingly on what they see and hear during their first seven years. They are never too young to learn evil and sin. They are never too young to receive religious impressions. They, they think in their childish way about God and their souls and a world to come far sooner and far more deeply than most people are aware. They are far more ready to respond to appeals to their feeling of right and wrong than many suppose. They each have a conscience. God has mercifully not left himself without witness in their hearts, fallen and corrupt as their natures are. They each have a soul which will live forever in heaven or hell. We cannot begin too soon to endeavor to bring them to Christ. Let the little children come to me, Jesus said. Do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. A little bit more from Ryle. He said, no church can be regarded as being in a healthy state which neglects its younger members and lazily excuses itself on the plea that, well, young people will be young and that it is useless to try to do them good. Such a church shows plainly that it does not have the mind of Christ. A congregation which consists of none but grown-up people whose children are idling at home or running wild in the streets or fields is a most deplorable and unsatisfactory sight. The members of such a congregation may pride themselves on their numbers and on the soundness of their own views. They may content themselves with loud assertions that they cannot change their children's hearts and that God will convert them someday if he sees fit. But they have yet to learn that Christ regards them as neglecting a solemn duty and that Christians who do not use every means to bring children to Christ are committing a great sin. Let the little children come to me. A writer by the name of Ralph Smith once made an observation that children ask roughly 125 questions every day. Adults ask about six questions every day. So somewhere between childhood and adulthood, we lose 119 questions a day. He goes on to say that a child's innate curiosity about life is instilled in them at birth by the one who longs to be discovered. 
The more questions they ask, the more they discover about the world around them. The more they discover about the world around them, the more they discover about the one who made them. Why the emphasis on Operation Christmas Child? Why the emphasis, the sincere attempt to rework our Sunday school? Because Jesus said, let the little children come to me. They can understand. They can. While they are young is when they are most likely to understand. It's the best opportunity that we have to reach them for Jesus. It's the best chance that we have to snatch them from hell and direct them toward heaven. And every minute older they get, the more fleeting that opportunity becomes. One last thing Jesus taught here. Perhaps kind of an aside, but he, he also teaches here, I think, that childlike faith is the only faith that saves. Childlike faith is the only faith that saves. Look at verse 15. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. Well, that's a powerful verse. Look at it again. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means Enter it. Think about all those little kids thronging the door, says Jesus. They have a capacity for belief that many adults have lost. And their form of belief is the only form of belief that can save a soul. How quickly Jesus' words turned from just encouraging us to bring children to causing us to look at our own hearts, our own profession. Suddenly, what he's speaking has become a warning to every one of us. Verse 15, that little phrase, by no means, that is the strongest of all Greek negatives. We've talked about it before. It's that little Greek phrase, ume. It means absolutely not ever under any circumstance can it possibly happen. It means there is no way that anyone will ever enter into heaven any other way except through childlike trust and faith and faith and childlike receiving of the gift that he offers. Think of all the Operation Christmas Child videos we showed today. Think of all the children and how they received the gifts given to them. Get those pictures in your mind? Simply, without question, joyfully, without stretched arms. There was no thought in any one of them at at any moment that this was something that could be earned, that they had to do something for. They are gifts. They knew perfectly that they are gifts. They understood what that means. You simply receive a gift. And that's the only way. Salvation. It's the only way to be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, if you're not yet a Christian, if you have never trusted Christ, if you have not yet believed to the saving of your soul, if you, if you just don't quite understand these things, You need to dig into your childhood. You need to dredge up that kind of belief again. Believe like a child believes. Receive as a child believes. Here's how one preacher explained that. He said, what Jesus has in mind here is an objective state which every child who has ever lived, regardless of race, culture, or background, has experienced. Helpless dependence. Every single child in the world is absolutely, completely, totally, objectively, subjectively, existentially helpless. And so it is with every child who is born into the kingdom of God. Children of the kingdom enter it helpless, ones for whom everything must be done. Nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to thy cross 
I cling. Naked, come to thee for dress. Helpless, look to thee for grace. There is no other fundamental meaning for verse 15. And he asks, have you come to Christ like this? Is it his grace plus your nothingness? That's the only way. Childlike. Faith, assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. There was a classic episode of the classic TV series from the 1960s called The Andy Griffith Show. We're all familiar with The Andy Griffith Show because someone in our congregation has that as their ringtone. Do we still have that as? (laughs) Haven't heard that in a while. In this particular episode, Sheriff Andy Griffith was out of town. His deputy, Barney Fife, was left in charge. And so he immediately deputized Gomer. You remember Gomer the mechanic? And they're walking up and down the streets looking tough. And they noticed that someone was robbing the town's bank. And so they immediately dove behind a car and hid. And they're sitting there quivering and shaking and afraid and not knowing what to do. And all of a sudden, Gomer looks at Barney and says very excitedly, Shazam! We should call the police! (laughs) And Barney shoots back, Gomer, we are the police. We're the only ones who can bring these kids to Christ. Parents, you're the only ones can bring your children to Jesus. If you don't do it, who's going to do it? Church, if we don't do it, do we really think anybody else is going to? Let the little children come to me. Do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom.